Chell, why is the Easter Bunny so lucky? Why? He has four rabbit feet. Huh? Uh, you know, he was, uh, he was really, uh, he was really down and out the other day. Uh, he was having a bad hair day. See, it's kind of a, kind of a... It's a quarantine joke, because a- nobody's H-A-R-E getting haircuts. H-A-R-E, or H-A-R-E, like hair is in rabbit hair there. Shut up. I've seen 80,000 Bugs Bunny cartoons. <laughs> I get the pun. It's just not funny. Anyways, this is Jacques. I'm Joe. And welcome to Carnival Personnel Podcast. Joseph, how are you? Oh, you know, Okay. And uh, what are you, you are, you got, you're on week four, I think. This is our third podcast like this. We didn't do it the first week because we weren't set up to do it. So you, you're like three full on Ted Dzinski, you know, cabin in the woods lockdown. Yep. Yeah. Are you commenting? Are you referring to the, uh, the, 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 the patch of pubic hair growing on my chin? <laughs> starter, oh, look at- my starter beard? Yeah, it's uh, it's almost it's not there yet, but I think we're a week away from George Michael's mathematically precise razor stubble and the faith video. Right, like which... L- Liza Minnelli's husband had a more convincing beard. <laughs> <laughs> See, there we go, another play on word. Hey, oh, and speaking of Liza Minnelli, we'll talk about that later. Can hardly wait. Um, so it's not somebody that you know either you or I would have in our top you know, 20 artists, but, uh, Bill Weathers, um, Weathers passed away this week. And honestly, I cannot tell you, well, first of all, we've all heard lead on me 815,000 million times. And it's fantastic every time. And I only enjoy the club nouveau version from 1986. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're, you're a special, you're a special cherry kids kind of way. Um, but honestly, I I remember one summer, the the one summer of my life, my dad drove us down to see his mom in North Carolina. It was truly uh, moving on. Uh, but I'm gonna say, ain't no sunshine. He had an eight track of that, I, and, and I'm not kidding. It was it was, you know, it, how did that song it, go? <laughs> <laughs> There's no sunshine when she's gone. And so uh, I'm on quarantine inside the quarantine. Um, I, I, had, I had a conversation that led me to say, you know what? I'm just going to go stay downstairs for the day. And it was, it was you know, in honor of him, I just told Alexa, uh, first of all, let me do this. I've been meaning to do this for a week. Hey, Alexa, shuffle songs by pavement. Alexa, stop. Anybody listening to our podcast right now on Alexa, it just stopped to play that. So, anyways, um, shut up, Jacques. Uh, but I did. I just sat down here reading like Batman comics uh, that I went and got out of the shed that I haven't unpacked in like 10 years. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a trip on memory alone. And I just had it shuffled 70 soul songs. I think I think Bill Withers, every fourth song was him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, um, I remember on the Anchorman soundtrack, Will Ferrell as as uh, Ron Burgundy would do intros to all the songs on the CD, and he, before uh, "Use Me," he goes, 
1976, Cheryl Teague's Evil Knievel and I petitioned Congress to make this next song the new national anthem. <laughs> Uh, but it was, yeah, and it just cuts to use me. And it, but the witch is a, a, a fine song, a fine song. Yeah, luckily he didn't die of COVID 19. That's the that's the silver lining. That's how bad it's gotten. Oh, did you know so and so died? Oh my god, did he die of coronavirus? No, oh, thank god. Oh, right, it was right. it was just uh cancer, you know, it was just <laughs> oh, just regular run of the mill, yeah, pussied out. And died. Oh, oh, okay, sudden brain tumor, thank god. <laughs> um. So yeah, so I mean, and, and, and it's and, and it's funny how sometimes you you get caught listening to a band or or something like that, and I just I just literally for the last three days I haven't listened to anything but like seventy. Um, it's like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, you're you're working on Volume Three's soundtrack. I have in Peter Quill's head or vice versa. Um, on a on a, I'm gonna say it's a sad note. I don't know anything about these people at all, but. We're not supposed to use general, like, blanket statements and sweeping generalizations. But can we let the Kennedy family know to stay away from water? Why is that? Oh, you didn't hear? Robert Kennedy's granddaughter and her eight-year-old son were canoeing, you know, um, and have gone missing a few days ago. And they've called off the search. I'm dead serious. It's like. You know, and the story I'm listening to the radio is like, oh, a ball fell into, oh, what is the river they, that they're by? And like, they got dragged out to open waters and they Where do they live? bodies. Uh, Maryland. Oh, okay. Maryland. So I'm trying to think of uh, where it was. But either way, just, I think the entire Kennedy clan should probably like move inland. <laughs> I, I, seriously, they're, I mean, they're like, you know, worse than, uh, what's uh, gremlins? No, gremlins like water because they multiply. Right. The Wicked Witch of the West. Thank you. There, that's a better joke. I or unless, unless you've seen Wicked, spoiler alert, it was just a ruse so she could escape with the Scarecrow. And, and if I ruined Wicked for somebody who hasn't seen the 20-year play. <laughs> I actually saw Wicked, Wicked on Broadway uh, 10 years ago, I want to say. See, now, now the old me would have made a comment like, did your boyfriend like it? But right. well, yeah, uh, or, or you would just went right for the F word, you know? Just right you know, oh yeah, ten years ago, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Seriously, certainly. It's like how 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 did you watch the play while blowing a dude in the bathroom? It's something the old me would have said, right? Now the R.I.P. Old you, the, the newer me, right? Um, I reluctantly went to see Wicked back in L.A. It was like 10, 11 years ago. After I got done crying <laughs> well, like that's a what happened. girl that's what happens when you're woke you you cry to get to wipe the crust out your eyes we and um, wake up i i started asking friends and family to come visit to have the excuse to go back i, I literally must have seen wicket 10 times at the pantages theater in la each and every time was awesome here and i've told this story before here is my favorite jacques wicked story Along the along the lines of the old jock who would have made a homophobic reference about you going to a play on Broadway. I'm at the gym, the YMCA Where it's fun in, to L- say. in LA. So but literally I, I, we went there three times a week. The boys are in like the, the kit watch area. You got a free hour, half hour lift, half hour to the bike. And one day 
I am on the bike and I am sweating bullets. I'm really, really pushing hard. And uh, a gentleman comes sauntering through the, the, the workout area. I don't want to say he was flaming, but let's just be happy that none of the equipment was made of wood. <laughs> you know, feet doesn't touch the ground. And in my head, I'm like saying comments like that to myself. The next song that came up on shuffle on my phone <laughs> was from the Wicked soundtrack. And I started laughing so hard. It's like, okay, who's listening to show tunes? I couldn't stop laughing at myself. I literally had to stop my workout. And every time I like twice, I tried to get back on the bike. But in my head, I was like, couldn't believe how great karma just kicked me in the nuts. And it's just like, if anybody else around here saw like, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the heavy set, you know, weightlifting guy, you know, judging, you know, um, listening to show tunes. And ever since then, I've been like, okay, you know what? You are a moron. So just, yeah, you know, but, um, yeah, well, you know, that, uh, that, so when did you start, you guys started going out? I just want to know when did he, <laughs> when, when did he, you know, that's a good yeah, icebreaker. Look, you know, yeah. hey, I'm not gay, but this guy I'm fucking, oh, what a fairy. <laughs> no, see, he's blowing me. I'm not the gay one. And two, three, four, I'll show myself. You don't have to yell so loud. You're on mic. <laughs> Who's Mike? Yeah, that's right. The guy you're blowing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, Joe, yeah. not all, uh, you know, I'm not going to break my uh, my non-patriot football operation talk, but I am going to point out that although he did not dress up like Batman, there is a billionaire who is using his money for the public good, and that is Jeff Patriots Bezos. owner oh. Robert Kraft. Oh, him, yeah. Who I don't know if you saw for the state of New York and Massachusetts had his plane fly over to China and pick up masks. I don't know if you saw. Hmm. Let's see. I'm quarantined, living in Boston, and watch local news every day. Yeah, I saw the coverage. And whether you know, of course, one of the other adults in my house instantly went to the. Well, they're just doing it for the PR. You know what? Maybe. Maybe. Um, what a way to do fact. it. Yeah. <laughs> fun fact. You know. He made gov- he made Governor Baker cry. I mean, literally, it's 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 and and like I said, it wasn't just for Massachusetts, but Massachusetts and and New York. And I'm quite sure if there's some making their way to Maine and stuff like that, New Hampshire. But seriously, it's it. But here's the thing: I on one hand, I want to say kudos to Mr. Kraft for doing this. On the other hand, I want to say. Why the fuck do we have to have, you know, rely on private citizens to do this shit? Well, that's been, you know, Bernie's sort of platform for years. And, and, you know, Elizabeth Warren's and all these people who are like, you know, billionaires shouldn't have this much money and control and say over how we we run our country. Um, Getting back to the craft delivering, though, I like the imagery of people cheering a large 18-wheel 
truck that says Patriots when at, rolling through Times Square. You know, <laughs> like, like wait a minute, what? Now we we know we've hit the we're through end the looking times. glass. Yeah, they, these are the end times. <laughs> right? Does that count as a, a horseman of the apocalypse? It's 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 the third one, I think. <laughs> I, I think Jared Kushner talking the other day was the second. Holy mackerel! You no, know, but we're gonna. But seriously, I'm glad he did it. But it is sad that like. Thank goodness he did it. I'm, I'm very glad. I'm not taking anything away from it. You know, I don't care if it's pre- – I don't care why it was done. It was done. It didn't cost you money. It needed to be done. Kudos. But it's just kind of sad that that's, you know, that that's where we are. But, yeah, well, you know, they have all the money. You know, uh, I thought Oprah had all the money. Uh, the true heroes yeah. – the, the true heroes so far – I mean, and, and I'm glad that they're doing it. I'm glad that – all the late night talk show hosts are now hosting the shows from their living room. Are, are you watching any of the like the Trevor Noah or the? No, I stopped. I kind of stopped watching late night TV. I mean, I'm not that I'm not up at eleven thirty at night on weeknights, but I've just moved on from late night TV. I think I only watch Jimmy Kimmel. I'm not watching it. I'm just seeing it all on Twitter. Oh, but I think clips. it's great. Yeah. I saw like all doing that. Bill Maher on Friday did his whole show from his backyard pre-taped. Uh, he was still wearing a suit, um, uh, so that was interesting. But yeah, I like uh, I do like the approach of. I did see um, I think Jimmy Fallon's first musical guest from his home was Weird Al Yankovic. Yes. Who did? Yeah, you must have been pretty psyched. Yeah, Al recorded an acapella version of. His hit song from 1985, One More Minute, and uh, that was pretty cool. I mean, basically, he he put together an acapella, you know, background for him to sing to, but it was the acapella was all him. Like, he just basically got on his computer, did the background vocals, or the ooh, uh, that kind of stuff, and then he sang over himself. So, yeah, he's a fucking genius. That's he, he is. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that unironically. I'm saying that you to everybody not. who made fun of Weird Al Yankovic from years 1982 to about 2005. I think that's the <laughs> time span when people really thought of Weird Al Yankovic as some sort of throwaway piece of garbage. Like, oh, this guy, you know, you know, he's the he's the butt of the joke. He's going to be, you know, like, like the match game panelist of music, of the music industry. Uh, no, uh, no sh- more, no more, my what, friend. What show did he go on two years ago and had a song about Kim Jong Un that was hilarious? Was uh, it? I don't know. Was that Al? I have to look it up. Yeah, no, I, it was. Well, here, here's the thing: you might mistake, let's say, a poison song from Molly Crew. <laughs> you might misunderstand, like a if you don't know the genre. A Pearl Jam song for a Nirvana song. Huh. You are not ever going to mistake Weird Al for anyone else ever anywhere. Well, I, I, I say that only because like in the 80s and 90s, anybody who did any sort of parody song on the radio was automatically Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, did you hear that new Weird Al song, uh, um, My, Ala, My Ayatollah, like, or whatever it is? Right. No, that's not Weird Al. He's just another guy. So no, um, I have not heard the Kim Jong Un uh, song. It, it, it was it was it was during the height of the whole Rocket Man thing, back and forth, and it wasn't a parody. It was, uh, but he is okay. great. And, yes. and the uh, my, my favorite one so far is um, Trevor Noah. He's like you know he's sitting on one side of the couch and he's like typing his computer, and he's like, Whew, work week is over. Stood up, 
took one step over to the other side of the couch. It's the weekend, baby. <laughs> he opened his laptop and started typing. You know, it was kind of yeah, kind of funny. Um, uh, I first of all, uh, uh, Cuomo in New York is is a rock star, and and, and um. Uh, 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 just plain and simple he's a rock star i was not aware of how great a relationship that he had on air with his brother and management made me watch a montage for about like five interviews with them back and forth and a lot of them from chris cuomo's basement yeah and it's in a pandemic. They're not making light or, or you know, detracting from that. But they're still brothers giving each other just yeah, they're busting each other's so balls. So much shit. And it's like, oh, how do you not like these guys? Well, like, I, like, I even like like during official press conferences when Andrew Cuomo had to kind of break the news that Chris Cuomo had been diagnosed as positive for COVID nineteen. He goes, no, he'll get through this. He's strong, not as strong as he thinks he is, but you know. <laughs> Never, never miss a chance to take a jab, you know. And, and when it, he does it, it's cute because it's his brother. But if Trump does it, it's not cute because it's Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> it's uh, one of the things it's like, you know, so Chris Grover's telling his brother, it's like, hey, you know, I, I, I know it's your job to go to all these places, but I see you out and about way too much. You know, I don't want you to get this. You have... And his brother's like, hey, I'm the governor. It is my job. You know, I just can't, like, you know, run run the state from my basement sitting in an armchair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and Chris Cuomo just puts his head down. It's like, and he starts laughing. He goes, you know I'm sitting in my basement sitting in an armchair, you, you know. Uh, but, Dude, but he wanted to fun. say douche, but he couldn't. He's a, he's a he, broadcaster. But but I, I want to get into some of the stuff that I've really enjoyed on Twitter this week or or the internet as a whole. But I think uh, I think everybody's fighting for second place behind Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, I saw that video. That was that was a nice nice little diversion. I will say, for, first of all, um, no shirt, no shirt. You know that that that's fine. Uh, no jacket required. No shirt required. No exercise <laughs> required comfortable in his body i have not like i I, that russian dance that he did at the end my knees hurt pretty for two days after watching that you know he and i uh you know are basically on the same meal plan (laughs) 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 you know uh we're not really you know counting our calories uh but i'm watching him i'm thinking holy shit you fat fuck you are an amazing athlete yeah right the, he's like the refrigerated Perry of uh, comedy right now. Uh, so what? Uh, off the top of your head, I didn't give you a heads up on this, so it's kind of out of left field. What are some of your favorite things on Twitter this week? Because there's a lot of really funny, creative people and husband and wife team jokes or pranks and stuff like that. Uh, pretty great. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many to go through. The late, the most recent thing I saw that is making um, a round on Twitter is it's not really a Twitter thing. It's more of just like a clip of uh, a, a Cleveland, Ohio broadcast from their morning show. And the caption was, uh, Cleveland, Ohio has just lost their mind. You know, this local news station in Cleveland lost their mind. And it's a clip of their new segment, um, you know, here's a little fun segment to kind of get us through the quarantine. It's a game called, What Day Is It? 
and then it's like a big <laughs> intro. It goes a little graphic that says what day is it? And then it cuts to like the weatherman next to the big screen and he goes, It's Wednesday. And that's it. But it's true. I I have no idea, you know, what day it is ever. Yeah, I know. I think it's uh it's really this is you know. It's putting us in a time warp. It's um, it really is. This is the closest we're going to get to Groundhog Day. It really is. Only my, uh, you know, we're going to age and die. <laughs> my some of my favorite clips. Um, there's a guy in his backyard. First of all, he has a two year old who can throw a wiffle ball down the middle of a plate from ten feet away. Nice. And this guy is just hitting bombs off the kids. <laughs> uh, Joe, I mean. <laughs> bombs and a couple times like he does like a bat flip like oh my at one point did he call his shot the best one is he hits a bomb you're 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 on microphone by the way (laughs) takes out an imaginary shovel and digs a grave and puts his and just fills it back up with fake dirt but my favorite one is you know the kids always laughing you know because he thinks this is great, but it's just the kid's reaction of, whoa, and the tattoo on the back. Um, I don't know if it's a husband, wife, or girlfriend thing, but they must have had this gigantic stuffed bear that like sits in the living room. And she took all the stuffing out and got in there and laid there. Oh my and God. guy comes home, and he's playing a video game, and she subtly moves her foot, and the, and the curtain moves. And then it like time lapse and it, she, the patience of her to just sit there and then did it again and just, you know, nice. freaks the guy. Like <laughs> I was, I was, I knew who was in it. She shows herself getting all in. I was freaked the fuck out by that. Um, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, he did this thing and, and, and I, I will post this. I say sometimes I'm going to post it. He did this challenge where he's doing a handstand against the wall. So his feet are on the wall. He's doing a handstand shirtless and he has to put on a t-shirt. It's it's one of these new challenges to people like you and I will never do. And then when he puts it on, he challenges like Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, and I forget who else, you know, to do it. And it got, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal does it, you know, pretty quick. The other guy does it pretty quick. And my favorite thing is Ryan Reynolds is this it's, you know, his the, the shot, you know, on his phone is his entire face just looking quizzical. And then he like slightly shakes his head. And it's like, no. <laughs> so, and my, you know, my little guy's done it. Uh, one of the other really great ones. A wife is is laying on the ground in their living room. Her leg, you know, she's fully dressed. Her legs are spread apart. Her head is turned to one side, and like five feet away is like like a little like a little bowl of some kind. And the guy you know, is standing five feet behind her and he puts a ball through her legs. And about two seconds later, she spits a ball out of her mouth and like her mini golfing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, you know, I wish I was nearly as funny as any of these people. All I could do is you watch all this stuff and talk to you about it. One thing I did see was uh, a guy who, you know, with Zoom, you can do custom backgrounds like even video backgrounds and so this guy during a zoom meeting like probably i I presume for work woman no no this is a guy okay you're talking you're thinking of something else i'll tell the story 
Okay. I'll tell the story. No, 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 uh, no. Let's hear your story. Your story sounds much more entertaining than mine. Oh, he's moving the microphone. Oh, he's walking away. It's the Joe Show, everybody. Oh, this is going to be a short one. Goodbye. <laughs> so anyways, there's this guy who, uh, for a Zoom meeting. He did a custom background. But you don't know it's a custom background because it just looks like his regular, you know, room. You see the entrance to the other room and his door or whatever. And then all of a sudden, as he's giving, you know, his talk to his coworkers, you see his bedroom door, his room door behind him open up. And it's him walking in on himself. He pre-recorded himself walking into a room and then <laughs> closing the door again as this video background. So it's the stupidest thing, but I thought it was immensely creative. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um it's like two guys sitting apart from each other talking about and sharing an office and one of them doesn't think the reception is working out kind of awesome. And then the other thing that I quickly mentioned is that uh, it was last week a guy and you could tell it was kind of edited, but it, it looked well, looked well done. It was a, a man sitting on his L-shaped couch in the corner and he's got like pillows and stuff next to him and he hears his young daughter coming up to ask for something and all of a sudden in front of him he picks up this slat and it's like a big bo- like a board that just covers him but the board looks like an empty couch where he would be sitting so he just puts it up in front of him and he shuts off his phone during the podcast and it was a fun time <laughs> I hate you I hate you oh, no everybody does sorry no, that's fine so anyway, unprofessionalism is <laughs> right over um so I watched per your per your um, suggestion the Mark Marin stand up and times and, fun and it, 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 it was it was it was pretty great it was pretty I'm not like we talked about it I like I like him uh, my favorite bits is how he's a mid level celebrity and how one of three people know who he is and you know he's been caught in conversations with that one person explaining to his two buddies who have no idea who he is yeah who he is but he went on this thing comparing. You know, people who are really into the you know Bible to the Marvel universe, and he's like, these guys have been reading four to ten books for forty years, you know, and they're still doing it. And it was it was really interesting and, and right on. Like nothing he said. That said, there is a lot of industries are not going to be the same out of this. In the comic industry, I, you don't go to many comic book stores, but each and every one of them is barely holding on by a thread for years, anyways. Um, there's a real fear that the comic industry might not survive as we know it if this stretches on. And I know most people are like, yeah, big deal. But I will say, you know, like all the movies that we've seen are based off books from 15, 20 years ago, sometimes 30 years ago. I mean, the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe run, you know, leading up to Infinity, you know, War and Endgame was based on a six miniseries thing from the mid-90s. It's like the, the books today become the big blockbusters in 5, 10, 15 years from now. It's, 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 uh, I, I'm concerned, Joe. I, I, all kidding aside, I'm greatly concerned for the health of the, you know, the industry. I would say don't be, uh, only because, you know, let's just put it this way. It's kind of a, a, a blunt comparison, but... Do you think when they, after World War II, England just looked around and go, well, uh, we're kind of fucked here, aren't we? I guess we're just going to not rebuild. We're not going to do anything further. We're just going to wallow on our own sadness. Fuck 
industry. Fuck rebuilding. And, uh, you know, we'll just sort of take it on the chin for, for country. No. <laughs> people who, if there is a market for something, people will buy it. And if there's, if people are going to buy something, then people are going to produce things for it. You're not going to stop art from being made, you know? It may not be as... It, it, it like you said it was it was kind of hanging on by a thread prior and that's a lot and that has more to do with the internet than anything else you know i mean covid's kind of a nail in the coffin f- temporarily at least for a lot of things that were on the fringe uh at this time but no i mean i think when we try to go back to normal and and we get a handle on this pandemic <clears throat> You're going to see things sort of bounce back and maybe new things will sprout from it. So it might be different. It may not be as vibrant as it once was, but I don't know if it's going to be dead. You know, you worry too much. I do. Uh, You know me. Jewish grandmother over here. That's what I do. I worry. (laughs) I don't worry. They'll be making Walking Dead uh, whatever the fucks and, you know, more. You're worried that Marvel, owned by Disney, is going to go away. The comic book or the mom and shop comic book. Yeah, yeah, but industry. Uh, well, I mean, you know, mom and pop stuff are going to. You have more of a worry of those going away from competition from larger companies than you would, you know, COVID nineteen. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's just, the art is out there. Artists are going to. Art is going to art. You know, it's it's going to happen. <laughs> they'll they'll, they'll find. Uh, you know, life will find a way. Comics ner- I, nerds nerds will waiting. find a way. I was waiting to squeeze in. Life will find a way. But you're 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 the Jeff Goldblum. Uh, a lot. Life will find a way. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I'm not Jeff uh, Goldblum. I'm nothing. Fi- 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 finish this. Finish this all phrase, Joe. Loose lips sink ships. Or save ships if you're a captain of an aircraft carrier and you're like, hey, there's an epidemic breaking out of my ship. I got to dock and get these guys off to get the proper medical care and so it doesn't spread to the rest of the ship. And how is how is somebody like that rewarded by by the by the Navy, by by the by the government? Well, this is it's not good, but he wasn't. I know what you're talking about. This captain was not fired. He's still employed by the the government. He's still right, he's, but, he he was relieved. Taking, he was relieved of duty as captain there, of the there's, ship. I think there's only sixteen or seventeen aircraft carriers in our entire fleet. So if you are one of seventeen aircraft carriers, I mean, he's not like a U-boat captain. You know what I mean? He, right. He wasn't. We're not talking the skipper here. He, he's like an now. XFL head coach. No, no, I you know we're talking we're talking an N- an NFL head coach. Well, I mean, I mean there are more teams. I was gonna I was going for the yeah no okay. I, but I was thinking nobody watches. Yeah, nobody wants to be an NFL head coach. <laughs> but but here's the sad thing: he is the first government official fired over covert COVID COVID C O V I D two dozen of the other. But Colbert. the point is, yes. uh, did you see the footage of like the entire ship like just calling out? For him and, and, and the standing, uh, I mean, literally, there's thousands of people on those ships. Yeah. And everybody was applauding him. And it's sad. Here he is walking down the plank by himself, you know. <laughs> and, but it's just disgusting that. They made him you know, walk the plank. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, they, they, you, 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 you got this, you know, this, this, this war criminal convicted of war crimes to shooting children in Afghanistan. 
and had every other SEAL in his team testify against him, get a pardon. You know what I mean? Get a pardon. But here's a guy, and his crime was he sent a memo to his bosses saying, this is bad. This is spreading. We got to protect these sailors. This is how I'm handling it. But and he used an unsecured email, sir. But his emails. They used but his emails on him. So I don't know where to start with, with, with the stupid from this week. But you know what? Let's start. Um, the beginning's a good place to start, my friend Joe always says. Do you know where the CDC is located, Joe? What state? Uh, you know what? That's a good an- question, and I don't have a good answer. I'm going to say Maryland. It isn't Georgia. Ah, Georgia. And if you watched The Walking Dead, which I don't, I just know the whole first season, first two seasons, they were trying to get to the CDC outside of Atlanta. Um, So the fact that the CDC is in Georgia and just three days ago, the Georgia governor said, oh, we didn't know people not showing signs can spread this. That's a game changer. We just learned this 24 hours ago. Why don't you tell a person, boy, I say, I say. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking, you know, even if this was a hundred years ago and we didn't have mass media to spread this kind of, if if he was waiting on a carrier pigeon to get there with updates or or the Pony Express was making its way, you know, from the, from, uh, from, from the, from the Western territories, you know, with this news. By the way, do you know who would have been governor had they had won the election in 2018? The future vice president of the United States? Stacey Abrams. Yeah. Oh, well. He's a white guy, though, so that's good. So my favorite my favorite quote in the past few days, there are still, as of this podcast, there are still 10 states, or, or actually eight states now. There's still eight states where there's no, you know, shelter in place, stay at home kind of authorization. A fun fact, uh, two days ago, there was 10 of those states. All 10 happened to be run by Republican governors. Um, But of all the ones to say, oh, we didn't know this, literally, he was was at – I mean, when the president went to the CDC wearing his mega hat – the governor was with him on that trip. So for him to – literally, I'm not kidding. Yeah, I know. I remember. You know, the president doesn't come to your state and go to the Center for Disease Control, you know, without the escort of the governor. And he is saying that, oh, we just found this out. It's like I don't know if anybody believes that. And if they do – or or does he really believe that? Or is he just – No, he's playing dumb. But either way, I mean, a, 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 any dumber than the – you know, then the um, then 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 Jared Kushner is now like the fifth head of this pandemic like task force, and he gets up there just the other day and he's like, the national stockpile isn't for the states. Uh, who, uh, who, who is it? Who is it for? Right. <laughs> and then somebody pointed out it says on the official website of the government. Like the, the government website about national stockpiles, it says, in case of emergency, break glass and give to states. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, th- yeah, they're, they're, that is sort of like a, I don't know if you want to call it a Freudian slip or just being stupid, but there's literally a sense of this is, th- these are ours. This is for like the president, his family, and his friends, not for yes, you guys. Well, you. Uh, you uh, Hey, at least you were off mic when you yelled. You know that just yesterday, 
you know, we recorded this on Saturday. On Friday, he had oil executives come to the White House for a meeting who all got tested. I mean, there's still people out there fighting to get tested. And with that national stockpile, here is the most upsetting thing. Not that a dumbass is saying dumbass shit like that, but they have been sending supplies to states that aren't on lockdown yet. Like states that aren't even requesting it. And here in Massachusetts, you know, again, Republican Governor Charlie Baker has openly said he's been outbid by FEMA at least five or six times. And the problem with being outbid, you know, they bid a dollar a mask. New York pays two dollars. California's willing to pay three dollars. FEMA comes in and pays five dollars. Yeah, their price is riding them right out of the, you know. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Well, well, but FEMA. By them outbidding means we're outbidding, you know, our states. And the truly the only ones who are winning are the companies that are making the math. Selling, you know. Yeah, and, then, I, and so back back to the stockpile thing. Did you hear which state was it? Was it Mississippi or Georgia or some state in the South were sent like uh, you know a big huge supply of like masks from the federal stockpile that were all moldy. Right. They were all moldy. And it's like, what are we going to do with it? That's like, you know, the stockpile of ventilators that weren't working. And they had to bring in, like, the, the geek squad from Best Buy yeah. Yeah. on and last they minute sent, notice. They sent him, like, 70 they sent to California. Right. And, and they, they were able to get them working, you know. But, like, honestly, some duct tape and some. Yeah, like MacGyver shit. Yeah, it's um, it's a sad state of affairs. Well, 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 sad so, 50 state of affairs. I, I will say... It was a few days ago there was 10 Republican states, but now it's only eight. And one of the Republican states that finally saw the light was the good state of Florida. Um, they finally decided they were going to do something about this. And then 24 hours later, the governor turned around and said, you, we're, uh, we're looking at giving churches exemptions so that people can still and, – and Easter, Joe, Easter, 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 Easter. I – I pray that they let them. <laughs> you know, I pray that they let the people that they make no. at churches. It's honestly, yep. come on. I mean, I not that I don't want to see people get what they deserve, but they're also going to pass them on to thousands of other people who didn't deserve, like who didn't go no, to church. No, if everybody else is staying at home, maybe, yeah, you're right, but not enough of these people can... You know, reap what they sell. <laughs> you know, I guess I don't um, know, man. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you on this note. And this, um, of all people that I saw this, you know, it was um the guy who plays Olaf. Um, what's Josh, his name? Jo- Josh Gad. Of all people, he posts yesterday. He goes, remember when Benghazi was a big thing because three Americans died? Yeah. Four years of of Benghazi, 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 and and again, it's awful. You know, but a terrorist attack happened with no warning on the other side of the world. And we had four years of Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. And now, you know what? If we hold the death toll under 200,000, even though we have four months warning, I think we did a pretty great job. That's a win. 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you saw the thing about models yesterday. He, I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah. If you didn't see it, I'm not talking. No, about I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> All right. Rigor. Right. I mean, and that's eh. anyways, let's get back on to something really happy. Uh, and I'm going to turn the floor over to Joe to take over sport. Ah, yes. I'm going to look at the notes now. Ah, yes. It says uh, that a certain 
former quarterback of the New England Patriots, is going to make his Howard Stern Show debut next week or this week. And it's uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, it took a, a pandemic. It took him leaving New England. But finally, finally, we're going to get the definitive Tom Brady interview. And I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you've heard the Hillary Clinton interview that Howard Stern yes. gave. Yep. Two, two hours of, of, of greatness. Only wish it happened in 2016. But, well, you know, <laughs> you know, timing isn't everything. But, again, we're going to get kind of no fucks given Brady. You know, we're going to get um, Tampa well, Bay no, 12. No, 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 right. Yeah, we're going to get uh, – yeah, right. He's, he's going to be obviously – reverent to Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft and all that stuff. Like, he's not going to diss anybody. He's not going to dish any dirt. Um, but he probably will get a little inside football, um, some insight, I would say, that he had probably hadn't given on previous interviews because he's not a huge interview guy. Like, he would do the WEI. Was it WEI or no? What? Yep, yep, WEI. Yeah, Monday he, mornings after. But that's a five-minute thing. Right. This, so, is, this is going to be an hour. This is going to be probably, yeah, it could be an hour. Right. If it were in studio, it might be two hours because time flies when you're having fun in that studio. But, no, but he's not going in. No, they're right. This is just going to be over Zoom. So... My you question know, to you, yeah. and again, I'm not going to break my thing and talk about him or sport. Other than to ask, do you think he will be asked what the Patriots record will be next season? And what do you think Tom Brady will say? No. I don't oh. think he answers it. Oh, the, oh, do you think Howard Stern is going to ask him about the record for the Patriots? Yeah. Or, wh- how do you think the Patriots are going to do without you next year? Oh, yeah. It, it might come up. You know, if yeah, I mean Brady, Brady will be you know he'll be uh, diplomatic about it. Brady, they're gonna have a great season. Coach will figure it out. Yeah, they have you a great know, they have a great the staff over there. They got they got McCourty. They got this. They got that. You know, um, yeah, no, they, they'll be fine. He's not gonna shit on the Patriots. He's he's gonna probably answer as honestly as he can without uh, fucking things up for his future situation. And uh, but I think you'll also get to learn a little bit more about like his maybe his background and his his personal life, which is intriguing. You know, maybe something that something fun, something light, something that isn't dra- like uh, drama, like that you that you are trying to avoid every single day with the New England media. They'll, they'll joke about how much more money his wife makes than he does. Yeah, he'll probably talk about like I think you know Howard Stern's probably more interested in. How he has sex with Giselle Bunchen versus how he does, uh, how he performs in the field. You know, like he's going to get into it, and I'm sure. And and also, Tom Brady is a, uh, a Howard Stern fan. Like he said, like he listens to Howard Stern. He's a fan. He knows the show, so he's going to appreciate his uh, line of questioning. I think more than somebody who doesn't listen to the Stern show. Will he ask him about the guy at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? And and and. Tom's early, not endorsement, but, you know. It might come up. I mean, Howard Stern has, see, this is the thing. Like last week, Howard Stern kind of made a little news by, you know, basically saying, look, he was being, he's being, Howard's been criticized for both defending Trump and not being mad enough about Trump, you know, and he's basically, look, the guy is like a fucking shark and trying to yell at a shark for not you know don't eat people it's like yelling at a shark don't eat people <laughs> is the shark gonna listen to you no how i mean donald trump should not he's a terrible president he's like he's he, he should never have been president but and i didn't vote for him 
So, but I can't, I'm, me sitting here yelling at him for three hours a day is not going to change Donald Trump. That's just not who he is. So why am I going to waste my time doing that? Like, I'm livid at how the head president's handling it. So, but... Howard also has a little bit of history with Donald Trump, like he knows a lot of bit history. Yeah, like and he's had he did yeah Donald Trump to his wedding, his second wow. wedding, and um, but that was not unusual. No, you know at the time because he no, wasn't he, was he a, wasn't he even was a big star fucker. Yeah, and, exactly. So he was uh, who? Well, uh, Stern or or Trump? Trump. Uh, well, Lotus. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's it, it, they both have. I think they both have a history with Trump. They, I'm sure that. Trump will come up in some way, shape, or form, but I don't think that knowing Howard's interests, he's not going to steer the conversation that way too much. No, no. So yeah, it'll be fun though. Anything else with sport, Joe? I know, I know you're, you know, you're dying to talk. But you're about. a sports nut. I um, <laughs> uh, what else am I? What else is happening in sports? Nothing. 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 And you know, I. I guess there's some simulate games going on that we talked about. So let's get into what really matters. Video games. Mm. I will tell you this. Um, I told Joe before the podcast that, you know, it sounds so unmanly for me to say. Not not as unmanly as me listening to the Wicked soundtrack while working out at the gym. But our mailbox got busted in the last snowstorm a couple weeks ago. And it was hanging on by a threat that thread is broken and we have somebody coming to fix it i bring this up only because we haven't got mail the last couple days and i have not yet gotten my resident evil 3 disc that has been shipped to me um and i know a bunch of other people who because i pre-ordered it and gamestop like earlier in the week it's like do you want to wait till the stores reopen if they reopen or do you want us to send it to you now hmm. And I've had two people not only play but finish the game. And by two people, I mean friends of the podcast, Chris, you know, Chris and and Sam. Oh god, wow, yeah. And because Sam's favorite character and and all of, of of not just Resident Evil, but he went out as like Leon, like for Thanksgiving uh, for Thanksgiving for Halloween a couple years ago. I mean, he's a huge Resident Evil guy. So I've not got it, and I probably won't get to play it until Monday now. But, uh. I don't know anything about the game, but the two people who I know live for those games have both like are pissed that I don't have it and I can't talk to them about it. Oh, okay, yet. yeah, They're I like, heard it. I heard it was a great. very good uh, reimagining. It's also more action based than story based, or you know, it's not as horror based. It's more action based, which is not a bad thing necessarily. But it's, it, it's done well. I heard, and I don't really know anything about it. But yeah, it's really interesting how Capcom has sort of reinvigorated. The Resident Evil, I mean, they kept it alive with Resident Evil 7, although, I, funny, Resident Evil 7, apparently on, like, IGN's tracking, they had to put out a chart that, of all their ratings of uh, every uh, Resident Evil game, Resident Evil 7 ranked lowest. Really? The, no way. It, I thought I saw that, and I'm like, wait, 7 was pretty good. Like a, 7 was great. Yeah, so I don't, maybe I've read it wrong or something like that. I don't no, know. No, no, because I think 7 was... It was. It might have been game of the year, or like, like, and, and gamer. You know the what? What? What's the magazine you get from GameStop? Game Informer. Game Informer. It was either like, well, I know four last year. I'm sorry, two was 
the fan vote for game of the year and the editors at Gamering Magazine, you know, Game Informer had it like second best game of the year, but the fan vote had it number one. You know, like the People's Choice Award versus the Oscar. But I thought seven did pretty well. Like, yeah, so I was surprised to see that, but I, maybe I'm just okay. trying to bring it. But anyways, no, no. it's, uh, yeah, it, this is, uh, it's funny, but I was going to say, it's funny how the remakes are, you know, these games are from like, you know, 1997, 1998, yeah. and you know they were on like a, a, an inferior version of the PlayStation, but and that but they're completely redone in there. It's like a, a real shot in the arm, and it's and people are responding to it well. And, well, and you're getting people like Chris who played the original games, and people like me who didn't jump on board to gaming, you know, until his forties. <laughs> <laughs> you know, play, you know, only playing the the you know, the updated games, but, you know, Chris not only liked the old ones and, and, you know, it's like, well, you know, it is like me with a Marvel movie or, you know, or, or a, a, a DC movie where they'll make a nod to the one that came before them. You know, they'll do their own thing or like, you know, when like Star Trek relaunched, you know, I think it was like in 2009, they relaunched a Star Trek and they had enough nuggets for geeks like me who love the, you know, the, the, the 60, you know, f- you know, five version of it and, and stuff like that, but made it their own. So, yeah. So I'm looking at the chart now on IGN. They gave Resident Evil, you know, its lowest rating of all their game, of all the Resident Evil games. Resident wow. Evil 7. They gave it a Lower 7. They, they gave it a 7.7. 7. And yeah, okay. Resident Evil Six they gave a seven point nine. So 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 when 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 your when your lowest score is a B or B plus, you know it's kind of or C plus. Yeah, that, right. That would be a C, right? Yeah. So right. But then, in my in my world, that's an A. Yeah. So I mean, Ari, they gave Resident Evils two and three a nine point oh. So um, there you go. You know, um, good. All right. What are you playing? I'm uh, still playing GoldenEye 007 for the Nintendo 64. I am a, I am a mentally ill person, but I will say this: I persevered. Yet he persevered, uh, or yet he persisted. Yet he persisted. There you go. Sorry, I uh, did finish the r- regular game uh, in Double O Agent mode, so that was nice. I beat the game. I, you know, I got through levels that I'm like, I'm never getting through this. Oh, okay, I got lucky there. Hey, I, I got to the level. Now there are two more bonus levels that you unlock after you beat the game, and this next level is is next level hard. It's like on Double O Agent. It is like I'm I'm watching walkthroughs. I'm looking at like glitch tricks to get. Isn't that the worst when you even when you break down and you cheat? And you still can't fucking do it when you're steering off the, as as my friend John always told his kids, you know, make sure you sit next to the Asian kid who writes big. <laughs> you know, when, when you go to the net and you're watching a walkthrough, it's like, oh, aim here, do this, you know, sit at a 45 degree angle, but cock the, you know, remote 12 degrees in the opposite angle. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. You know. and don't, yeah, right, exactly. And then they look north-northwest, and it has to be exactly 4.59 Eastern Daylight Time. Yeah. It's, uh, it gets... And you still can't get it. Yeah, right. I'm like, no, okay. So it's basically like Billy Joel giving you a piano lesson. It's like, play it like this, stupid! <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. I, I, I'm just... I'll get, I'll get through it. And I'm listening to podcast. Like I think you do the same thing when you're playing a game, like a mundane game, just to sort of veg out. 
and you're just going through the motions. You listen to podcasts. I listen to podcasts. So I'm catching up also on the TV Guidance Counselor podcast. Very nice. Yeah, you know, and, and other podcasts. Not 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 ours, of course, because although I, I am going to take your advice to listen on to ours on one and a, one and a half speed. It, it goes by a lot quicker, obviously, but it doesn't make us sound like the chipmunks. And if it does, it's an improvement. <laughs> Anything, anything's an improvement. Yeah, so I think this is a uh, this will be a. Uh, so I talk to you next week, and will you have beaten this game, or are you going to be frustrated and not continue? Come on, what's the over under of Joe getting through these two levels? Uh, the first, the getting through this level, I I think I got the I I know what to do because I actually be, I beat it on the easiest level just to get through the motions and find out exactly what my objectives were and the patterns and everything. Now it's just a matter of like uh, being. Just razor sharp and, you know, honing my skills. So, and I can't say that with a straight face because it's not a skill. Um, I can't say honing my skill. Um, What what are you watching? Well, uh, last night I watched a movie I had not seen since it came out in 1981. And that's Arthur. I, I have put that on the rundown. I very much would like to do a sideshow this week. You know, not today, but because I haven't got to watch it. I want to watch it last night, but I'll tell you what we watched in a minute. Um, Pacific Rim. I don't. I don't know if I want to watch Arthur too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. I, did you see the Arthur remake? Like, uh, no, who, with a uh, Russell Brand. It was good. It was actually good, and I forget who. Um, oh, Judy I'm trying Dench. To think. She was. She was great. She, she, and I was one of those first person. It's like, wait a minute, that's a guy character. That can't be real. You know, it's like, that's a woman, baby. You know, the people upset that, you know, in the live action, like, uh, uh, Little Mermaid, it's going to, like, you know, the the mermaid's going to be black. It's like, mermaids aren't black. (laughs) Hold up a second. Right. Santa's not white. (laughs) I mean, Santa's always white. Yeah, shut up. Anyway, so, yeah. But but it was great. You know, I mean, that was great. But I I will rewatch it. I will just say, I will just ask two things. A, is there a scene he's not drinking? And I don't mean shows up drunk, but actually physically has a drink in his hand. And secondly, yeah. is there a greater line in film than he's taking the knife out of the cheese? Do you think he wants a piece of cheese? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a scene. I mean, the scene where he's shopping, he's not drinking. You know, where the tie gets stolen, where he meets you. Know, you must like, have really hated that moose. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, I, don't, I guess we don't want to get into it too much here, but it, like, I, I, I see the charm and I see the Academy Award winning slash nominating nature of the movie. It was a, it was a cultural touchstone in American movies for sure. The music by Burt Bacharach and the Criss Cross song. And, um, you know, uh, did you know that Liza Minnelli's husband at the time won an Academy Award from that movie? I did not. He wrote, he got a, a writing credit for uh, Best That You Can Do, Arthur's Theme. And it was the line, uh, when you get caught between the moon and New York City, the best that you can do is fall in love. And he wrote that line while he was uh, in a holding pattern in an airplane uh, at like some evening trying to like land at JFK Airport. So he was literally That's caught between great the moon story. and the story city, but like yeah, he just came up with that line and then like pitched, you know, I guess through it with. I don't know if Burt Bacharach wrote 
the song, but he did the music for the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I the, the it's not as I didn't I, I looked at it and I was I got it, but I, I wasn't blown over by it. And I think it's just because I'm 40 years removed from when it was relevant. You know, it, it, like if I had seen it in the 80s, I would have been like, you know, this is the fucking greatest because the tropes or not the tropes, but like the mannerisms in the movie and like the characteristics of the uh, uh, the dialogue that's used in this movie was newer and more novel at the time of when movies were being made in the early right. 80s. Now it's like, you know, it's like a Gilmore Girls episode, you know? Like it's, right, right, right. No, I mean, it, right. It, 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 it was it, for its time. It was like, wow. Like the way they have the exchanges and stuff like that. Yeah, and like the, the 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 um the butler there. His you know what's what's the name? Um, oh God, Hall Bar. What the hell is his name? No, I, I said Higgins. It's not Higgins. No, it's not Higgins. That's Hawaii. That, that's, that's Magnum Pi. Um, oh, I hate you. We're not going to get into it. But um, uh, so uh, I finally watched Jojo Rabbit. Oh yeah, how was that? Interesting. I was I had mixed feelings going in. As much as we, you know, I mean, almost almost got through an episode without mentioning Hitler. We came so close, Joe. So close. Yeah. Um, but you know, as much as we joke about, it, as much as we love Mel Brooks, as much as we love Springtime for Hitler, and all that stuff, as much as we love Hitler, uh, you, you think Hitler? <laughs> I would never. <laughs> Why? Why would I? I would never. Um, I was real. I had really mixed feelings about watching a movie in which Hitler was the comic, you know, the comic uh, relief. The you know the the funny old you know Hitler. You know, <laughs> crazy old Hitler at it again. again. <laughs> um, and I would. I really had mixed feelings watching it. And management wanted to watch it as a family. <laughs> and, and I was like, ah, uh, so, so we talked about it. I didn't think it was a good idea. So we're watching it together as a family and, <laughs> you know, and I was outvoted. Um, one one to nothing. I'm kind of glad we did. I was going to go two to one, but you, yeah, you know, I mean, that, that way I didn't get shut out. Like I, I was on the board, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, it, it man, did it. Did it hit the boys like a ton of bricks? It's funny. I mean, there are some really funny parts, and there's some interesting parts because it's you know it takes place in Berlin, end of the war, you know, in '45. Um, Scarlett Johansson was great in it. I mean, she was great in it, and uh, it was it was really interesting. I don't want to say you haven't seen it, but there's a couple scenes where the boys were like, "Did that really happen?" You know. And then at the very, very end of the war, you know, the German army is, you know, down to really old men and young kids. And I, I started to tell the boys a story, you know, in World War II, Kurt Vonnegut was taken prisoner at the end of World War II. Luckily, he was he was lost in the woods of Dresden. And the two the two privates were like sixty five years old, and you know what I mean, and a, like a twelve year old like captain or something like that, all unarmed, and and he was just happy that they they took him in basically, and they had a makeshift camp. They had nowhere to put the people but the slaughterhouse. Mm. I mean, it's a true story. It's a true story. And then of course we firebomb Dresden, and the entire town, you know, is is, is ashes. 
except for the cement slaughterhouse. Where, so the only people who survived the firebombing are the prisoners of war. Um, but that's what it was. So it was funny. It was very funny. It was very harsh. Um, I'm trying to think of Scarlett Johansson. I'm trying to Rebel think of Wilson. Re- she, she was good, but the, the male lead in it. Um, Adolf Hitler. No, actually, that that how do you say the guy's name who directed it? He also did Thor Ragnarok and Tiki. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a ta- uh, it's a Taika Waititi. He he's Hitler. You know, he directed it and he also played Hitler. Yeah. And um, oh damn it, I'm trying to think of the male lead in it, and he but he was great. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell was fantastic in it. I recommend it, but you know, if if you get a chance to see it, I I I, I talk more about it without giving some stuff away. I'm glad that the boys kind of saw it because they did have a lot of interesting questions, you know, about it at the end. Um, but there was a couple scenes that one scene in particular that our little guy days later was like, "Did that really happen? Did that really happen?" And it wasn't Holocaust stuff. It was. You know, end of the war, children, soldier stuff. So it was, uh, but I recommend that. Uh, I finished Daredevil season one and I'm on season three. And last night, uh, I wanted to watch Arthur, uh, but management decides, you know, she wanted to rewatch the last Star Wars trilogy, which I don't mind losing that battle. Uh, but it took her like a good half hour because she couldn't decide does she want to watch Rise of Skywalker because she's only seen it once in the theater that night. You know, and, you know, it was kind of completely, you know, hard to follow everything sitting next to that guy who was sitting next to her crying half the time. Um, and then Mike Sullivan sitting next to that guy crying half the time. But she kept going back and forth. It's like, do I want to watch The Force Awakens? Do I want to watch, you know, The Rise of Skywalker? Do I want to watch The Last Jedi? She kept going back and forth and toggling you know, with the remote. And then finally we watched Rise of Skywalker. And I, I have a feeling by the time we talk next week, the family will have watched the entire canon of Star Wars. Um, yeah, of course. You I'm know, surprised and, you haven't done that already. It's been three weeks. I've done it. Let's be clear. I said as a family, ah. we watch that. Uh, do you have a parenting tip, Joe? Uh, I would say feed your children. <laughs> feed your children what? Oh. You want me to do all the work? <laughs> uh, how to serve man. <laughs> it's a cookbook. What's your parenting tip? You have to have a schedule. You have to have a to-do list every day. You have to keep them being productive. You have to make sure that, as we joked about, but it's real. Is it Wednesday or is it Tuesday? Is it is it Wednesday or is it Thursday? You have to have some stuff to do every day i suggest having a to-do list the problem is that means that you have to then do the shit with them (laughs) that is the that is that is the drawback like you have to go i think it's important that they get outside and they and they exercise like there's a track and they should go there every day and do two miles I'm getting this pushback like, oh, I'm nine. I can't get there by myself. So you have to drive me. And then they pull the shit of, oh, you can't sit in the car and listen to your podcast and take a nap. You have to do it with us. So on one hand, I'm saying, you know, make sure that every day is it just doesn't bleed and this become a vacation and they get lazier and fatter and, and less useful if that's possible. So you make sure that they're productive. 
but I warn that it might mean you have to do shit, and that's the tough part of the parenting thing. A fine tip indeed. Oh, wise parent of two. <laughs> You've done it again. Oh, my girl. <laughs> You've done it again. So, so. Uh, you know, for 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 the song going out, I I didn't know if we wanted to play, you know, "Ain't No Sunshine," or the song, and I don't know the guy's name, but I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. Kind of a heavy set guy, almost looks like Santa Claus playing piano, singing "Stay the Fuck at Home." It's a pretty great song. I think I've seen that on Twitter, so I'll, I guess I'll dig that out. That or "Ain't No Sunshine," but that, but Joe, I uh, I, I look forward to possibly doing a sideshow that will drop on Thursday about Arthur. Um. I, I wish you the best of luck with GoldenEye. Thank you, and I wish you uh, the best of luck getting your mail and playing Resident Evil 3 and uh, a thorough review next week. And I'm sure Chris and Sam will enjoy that as well. We need two more listeners to the podcast, so, you know, that'll rope them in. Suckers. So, anyway, uh, maybe we can have them on the podcast and do a Resident Evil 3 sideshow. It, it- Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Only if they have good uh, microphones, because if they do not, I do not want them uh, and sullying up our professional-sounding broadcast with their low-quality, uh, as you roll the fucking <laughs> uh, microphone across the table and rumble it. Anyway, we're all done here, so thanks for listening to our podcast. Carnival Personnel, that is. And we'll catch you in 2 and 2, which... No, no, I don't think we're even going to do that. We're not going to do two and two. But I will say this, Jacques, there is a, a tip that I want to give you. It's that to not forget. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. She's always gone too long anytime. She goes away Wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away But ain't no sunshine when she's gone Ain't no sunshine when she's gone Only darkness every day Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away Time.